Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Let's go racing here at Knoxville. Only the best go three of It is showtime at Williams Grove Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here at Eldora Speedway, it's showtime. Have you come for a race? Often imitated, never duplicated, the greatest show on dirt, the world of It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy, because ladies and gentlemen, Hello again, it is Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit. Talking sprint car racing, our favorite time of the week, and we are so glad that you have joined us. Aaron Evernham and Steve Post, and this is, Aaron, always one of our favorite shows of the year. It is. It is always one of my favorite shows. Yet. I mean, it's the saddest show of the year because it it's is. the last it's show the of the end, year. But- as we always have Brian Carter on our show, um, not only does he give us a great recap of the year, but he comes in with all these statistics and graphs, and that's my favorite part. The nerd, the Aaron Evernham <laughs> Everyone nerd. Everyone knows I'm a nerd. We nerd talk about does it. it ex- exactly. We do talk about my nerdness often. We do talk about show. your yeah. nerdness also. My food and your nerdness. We got them all covered. <laughs> that is for sure. And let's just do this. Brian Carter, CEO of the World Racing Group, joins us. Hello, Brian. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing great. I'm a little tired after a long weekend, but hey, you know, they had a great party on Sunday and uh, celebrated everybody's achievements, and now we're doing outstanding. So uh, stacking it up for next year. Stacking it up for next year, and yes, Erin, the first thing she does, she's looking, you've got all your stats. I did, as soon as I saw Brian walk in with his papers. Yeah, we go. So we will be, uh, we'll talk a lot about that, and obviously a lot going on in the sprint car world that we will talk about. But let's get into our Hefner Racing product hot topics. World of Outlaw, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars, World Finals um, at the Dirt Track at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Thursday night, David Gravel, 81st career win. Aaron, 88 wins for David Gravel seems to me ridiculous. I mean, it just doesn't see. I remember win one at Talladega Short Track like it was two days ago. Yeah. I mean, I've I've known David most of his career. He raced in Connecticut quarter midgets where I grew up. So to to think that he's old enough to have 88 wins, but yet he still seems like he's pretty young. It's pretty uh, amazing feat for his age. Friday night, what a spectacular race. Brent Marks picked up Mm -hmm. the win in a slider fest. Uh, Saturday night, Brad Sweet clinched the championship run, 90th win of his career, 11th of the season, cashing that championship check for $350,000. So we love this thing. Brian, you look at this race as, first off, your baby, and second off, from a total different perspective, we love the sprint car racing. How did the world finals go? It was great. Another sellout crowd. It's not my baby. It's everybody's baby. Well, I I understand. But, you know, it was a vision, you know, 16 years ago. It was a long, long time. Uh, but it's a spectacular event for the race fans. You know, we try to continue to tweak the format, and there's a lot of racing. I know there was a lot of track prep, but I think that the, the features and the, the racing was actually uh, it was a, a good use of time. I know it's hard on the race fans from three o'clock until eleven, but uh, I'm really happy with the way the event went. Uh, continue to evolve. You know, the racing is hard. Those are, those cars are all want a different racetrack, and they all want put on the best shows. So we've got 
their pit area actively engaged in how we're doing stuff. <laughs> of course, you can imagine how that goes. And then the fans and I love to stand, you know, I, I shuffle from one side of the racetrack to the other as the day goes on and just to see all the energy and excitement and it carries again, I talked about last year, so much momentum into the off season and into next year. So world finals is a spectacular event. It'll continue to evolve and, and three days of racing, all the bright sunshine, although not the warmest weather we've had, but, uh, but you know, Saturday was a glorious day at the yeah. racetrack. Yeah. The fans were happy and the racers put on three great shows and 75 green flag laps nonstop with the sprint cars, three races. The first time I think that's ever happened. Yeah. And passes for the leads and hard charges come in 20 spots, 17 spots. Yeah. It was a lot to see. A lot to see. Pretty exciting. Good so. stuff. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I thought I went out to the track for a while on Thursday and I loved the efficiency of the program. And I know you talk about there were long days, but I think I got there just in time to watch the C main and I left by nine o'clock and had watched the A main. I caught Ray was out of town in Daytona and I said, he's like, oh, you're leaving before the feature. And I said, no, the race is already over. So, and on top of that, I thought, and from a fan's point of view, the, the racing surface, I mean, I know that you guys have fought with the racing surface at Charlotte for years, but I thought it produced some of the best racing this year. Yeah, and it was good. The guys, uh, everybody, it's, it's, it started uh, years ago trying to get that track mm-hmm. right and, and, and putting the organic material and working it. And then we bring in equipment. We'll bring in more equipment for next year, uh, a couple of places where we can see where we can maybe inc- increase the, the efficiency of the show. But the track team and the investment that Charlotte Motor Speedway has made in making the racing better and, the, and working the whole, uh, facility to make it best experience for everybody and and like i said it's a long day but we were as efficient as we can and we decided when we were done ready for features to make that track good for all three features on saturday and i think it paid dividends i just mm-hmm. couldn't be happier you talked about the different pit areas and the different needs that they want the different desires let's bring those three pit areas together because to me the fun part about this thing is mm-hmm. the interweaving of the modifieds the late models you'll see a late model driver that's hanging on top of a sprint car it's the one time of the year where these guys that are watching each other on dirt vision all year long actually get to watch each other in 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 person it is just a really the melding is different as they all are it's really fun to see them all together on the same weekend. yeah there's a lot of friendships and a lot of families i mean johnny shots is holding gordy gundek his grand grandchild's like this is this is all this is how the racing family is and and then we get to see each other a lot um at florida and we can see each other throughout periodically through yep. the season but at world finals everybody's back together and it's just a it's a great environment and to see the friendships that have evolved and with uh, donnie and his late model racing and uh nick and his modified racing and doing some stuff with uh the late model and and you know spectacular yeah. in the late model and then you like you said you see Gravel being old, but now he's got the baby and the beautiful family. It's like there's so many things yeah. that are happening. It's like when Sheldon and Zan have a baby, like what what's that baby gonna look? I mean, <laughs> so it's gonna be it's gonna be it's it's just fun. Yeah. It's yeah. just fun. It really, truly is. And it was a great World Finals and a great, great wrap-up to the season for all of the series. Other racing action, the NARC King of the West, tribute to Gary Patterson of the Stockton Dirt Track. Buddy Kofoid picked up the win. Champion was Corey Day. And there you have it, our Hefner Racing Product Hot Topics, www.hrpracing.com. Easy to shop the entire line of Hefner Racing Products, hrpracing.com from the desktop or right on your phone. First time online orders, use promo code MRN for checkout for 10% off your first order. And it is time to get your shop. It's time to get your transporter. It's time to get everything all cleaned up and get everything done. And you can do it with products from our friends at Hefner Racing Products. All right. Got the world finals covered. We are going to talk about the state of sprint car racing and a whole lot more with Brian Carter when we return. Perfection isn't easily achieved. It takes hard work, dedication, 
and perseverance. Through their commitment to excellence, Sage Fruit Company has been supplying customers with the best tree fruit in the Pacific Northwest for over three generations. They work hard on the farm, in the packing facilities, and with their retail partners to provide consistent, high-quality apples and pears all year long. Look for Sage Fruit at your local grocery. The National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum's newest exhibit will be our track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway inside the museum's main floor from April 3rd through October 2nd this year. You'll learn about the beginning of Williams Grove Speedway and the evolution of sprint car racing on the East Coast through eight of the iconic big cars and sprint cars that made up the history of Mechanic Birds Pennsylvania's Williams Grove Speedway. Plus, you'll see videos of historic national open sprint car races and other racing events that put Williams Grove on the map. That's the track tribute to Williams Grove Speedway, featured April 3rd through October 2nd at the only museum in the world solely dedicated to sprint car racing, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville, Iowa. Welcome back. It is Wing Nation, presented by Sage Fruit, and we are joined by the CEO of the World Racing Group, Brian Carter. It's an annual thing we do, and we always look forward to it. And traditionally, I'll just start with... The state of 410 sprint car racing, Brian, is? Outstanding. <laughs> it's outstanding. I mean, I've been looking at it as I got 157 guys and gals winning races this year. Uh, when, you, when you look at the stats, I've got the stat sheets. You know, the, what's really grown is the awareness of the sport. That's my job mm -hmm. is to create awareness. Yeah. That, so you can look at all the stats and the drivers and the owners and the prize money and all the other pieces, but the awareness of sprint car racing is that it's at, at an all-time peak. And I want to continue to push that peak further and further because once you come in and you see and you feel this show, you are addicted. I'm just, just admit it. I'm an addicted sprint car <laughs> fan, addicted race fan. So if I can do that and continue to grow that, then the, the sky's the limit on what we're trying to achieve with dirt track racing and particularly in uh, 410 sprint car racing. So for me, the really biggest statistic is awareness. This is, let's just keep pushing this thing to as many people as possible. But we had a great, great year. We, had, we completed 466 410 sprint car races so far this year in 2023. So it's up. It's not. It's, it's just a nice, steady growth curve. You know, it, it's, it's not radically different than it has been the last three years, but it's, uh, it's just a nice, nice progression. And, but the thing that's interesting for me is you see these individual starts. If you go back 10 years ago, it's almost a 12% increase in individual starts, meaning that races and number of teams per race, 10,000 different individual starts this year across all the 410 racing. And that's, you know, that's, that's spectacular. That means that the fields at the weekly races are a little deeper. Yep. Fields at the regional programs are a little deeper. Our car counts have been really steady and our number of winners is growing. So it's like, that to me indicates that the pipeline of sprint car racing is healthy, uh, and yes, it's expensive. Yes, it, it, it you know it has its costs, its ups and downs. Most of that stuff we're really trying to do the best we can to contain it. But most of the investment had been in safety and in uh, just improving the race product. And for that to see that just nice steady growth is is spectacular in my mind. That's that is an indicative of success across the sport. Brian, I want to go back to the piece about awareness. You know, I've been around the world of outlaws for 20 plus years now, and I'm an addict as well. Yeah, uh, I admit it. Yeah. But, you know, we, we always talk to you about the product's always been there. The racing's always been fantastic. How or what do you attribute the, the success and the growth, specifically in the last like five years of our sport? I mean, it seems like it has exploded. You know, kudos to you for, for helping with that. But what do you consider the biggest factors in that happening? Well, you know, we're going, uh, 
the awareness is driven by people's access to it. So you know, when you go from a 10 race program on CBS or ESPN or Speed to uh, every single lap is recorded and mm-hmm. preserved for history and available to the fans to see that, not just a World of Outlaws show, but the weekly programs and all across the board. The, aware, the ability to watch our form of racing is broader than it's ever been, ever been. And I attribute it to that. You can be engaged and you can see something new every day uh, through the summertime, through the winter. You can see all that. And that creates the engagement that the fans want. It still meets all of the requirements of the short attention span and all the things that our fans need. I mean, the 12, 12 minute features and all those other pieces. But it's really about the accessibility to the racing. And it's not just when we're in town for that one weekend and then we go 250 miles away the next night. You can watch that race if you want to. You can follow that race if you want to. Mm-hmm. We're putting new bucket list tracks on people's schedule because they're able to see something they've never seen before. And in my mind, that is, is how this is, is growing and attributing. Whether it be us or any other form of streaming, it's definitely contributing to the growth of the sport. Mm-hmm. You guys have what you're doing through Dirt Vision and through social media and all of those efforts. You have some drivers across your platforms that are very, very aggressive. We in the sprint car world always talk about David Gravel and his aggressive YouTube approach. But uh, you know, Nick Hoffman has such a huge following in the late model world. Um, how important is that that your your teams and your your participants are also preaching this gospel as well out on social media and their respective platforms? No, it's 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 amazing to see the teams start to take responsibility for that growth in the sport. Too. And we're rewarding them, compensating. I think uh, Donnie got over $60,000 because of his social engagement and related to the, the game sales. So we're incentive not only wow. recognize it, but incentivizing the teams to participate in the growth of the sport and rewarding them through. I mean, we've got the, the one of the, the benefits of that is an advertisement on Dervision for their merchandise trailers. So it's like, how do we continue to engage? And the fans don't, they don't really care about Brian Carter. They want to know Donnie Schatz and David Gravel, what he's having yeah. for dinner and how he's cooking the food and <laughs> Sheldon and yeah. Pella. I mean, these are things that are interesting to people. And it's uh, and the more we can get that out there, the better the whole community is and how engaged we are and connected. And that's something that we're trying to push and push and push. And the guys are getting it. And, and, and we're incentivizing them through not only the growth of their brand with our brand, but the growth monetarily and trying to create resources for them. I love how we're having this conversation. I feel like when when Dirt Vision really went to live streaming and and video and we started talking streaming, everyone was really worried that it was going to take away from people going to the races. And I feel like we've all learned over time that it's helped the sport a lot. And people are still going out to the track because when it's in town, you want to see it live. But you have that opportunity to see it all year long. Yeah. And it's it's uh, that's that's the piece. Nothing replaces being at the racetrack. Yeah. So our entire investment has been in the last five years with the. the increased team, the increased timing and scoring engagement, the mm-hmm. video boards, the ability to have replays, uh, chase uh, on the sprint car side, chasing down the story, what's happening in the world there so that we can engage the fans at the track and, and create that show. But uh, we, yeah, Dirt Vision, we bought Dirt Vision as part of our acquisition from Glenn Donnelly in 2004. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Nurturing it along the way really has, it is still emerging technology. It's emerging way, 2018. That's the first time we did the, all the sprint yeah. car series. It's this is this is phenomenal evolution of the sport, and it's it's bearing fruit. We're getting more and more people aware of what we're doing, and and it's bringing people to the racetrack. You can't have you can't have the largest crowd in Eldora history after all of that history without doing something right. And yeah. and it's record crowds everywhere, whether it be at Houston or Williams Grove or Eldora or it, at World Finals sellouts. Those things are meaning that we're important to people. 
And uh, that's my job is to make sure I keep evolving this thing so we can continue to be important. You and I had a conversation at one time, and the the topic was um, the importance of the fan in the stands. And it's kind of taken off from what we're talking about now. And we talk about dirt vision and how that impacts the fans not at the stands. Uh, and and you one time we were we were in Millbridge. I know that I know where we're at. I don't remember exactly when it was. He said we tried this one time with no fans in the stands. It was called 2020 with COVID, and it was no fun. It sucked. I it mean, did. It, it sucked. No, the energy that the fans create. I mean, I'm candid with you. Yes, and and you now you share that I'm I'm a weekly addict too, but uh, at Millbridge. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it it sucked. The race fans and the the whole community and their engagement with the drivers and the whole and it's just. I don't want to do it without fans in the grandstands. And if the, the fuller we can make them, the better. And that means more for everybody. I mean, you know, I've said before, historically, the sport was driven on what the front gate pulled and what the people could pull for sponsors and, and not only the series, but the cars. Now we've got this amazing new stream of revenue coming in through, you know, when broadcast used to be an expense line on a serious million dollar expense line on them. Now it's creating resources that we can go and invest back into growing in the sport. Well, there, no doubt about it. It certainly has been a, a big part of the growth of the sport. Um, I want to go one more topic, and then we'll obviously get into kind of the news of the day. But I, I love your stats are broken down the regions. Um, before we before we get into it, how did how did the regions do? I know you guys usually break it down Pennsylvania, Ohio. That's sort of how did how did the how did the specific regions look for the stats this year? No, it's great. I mean, again, we had all those 157 different winners. You know, you've got Freddie Raymer who. Yeah. Uh, Won a bunch of shows. You've got the AJ Flick and the Cap mm-hmm. Henry and Mark Dodmeyer and Joby Miller. That's the first time he's been at the top of this list. And Corey Day and Trey Starks. And these are guys are all won more races in in their region than anybody else. So we're we're keeping track of that stuff and making sure that we're nurturing it with with racing. It's it's spectacular. None of our guys are on the top of any of these regions. They're all in here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's 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 nice to see a really nice mix of. And candidly, the most the most different winners of Great Plains and Great Lakes have more different winners than anybody. And you wouldn't think that'd be the case no, in the Ohio hotbed and the Pennsylvania hotbed. So it's it's great to see the and and the growth in Mid America. I mean, we're seeing some stuff in the in the Oklahoma, Texas again and, mm-hmm. and seeing those pieces too. So it's it's important to me to make sure that we are addressing those needs as as well as we can too. Well, the hot topic of the day, let's just roll up our sleeves and get into it. Earlier today, the High Limit Series, um, a couple of weeks ago, announced the acquisition of the All-Stars. And then today, uh, didn't get a lot of details as far as the specifics of the schedule, but that they are going national, confirming what's been speculated for, for quite some time. What's your initial reaction? What's your initial take on that, Brian? Well, the more I know, the better decisions I can make. So, you know, I, I know some more. There really isn't anything surprising in there. We, you know, Brian's going to hear what people want me to hear, too. So I got to be careful with <laughs> yeah, how, sure. the, how you filter things and, and, yeah. and information. But there's nothing in there that's surprising. Most of that stuff we were aware of. Uh, so we're just navigate it now. If we know now, the more I know, like I said, the better decision making and and I uh, will hone our decision making skills and we'll going to have an incredible 2024. So nothing in there surprised me. You know, the. Initial investment, I, I think it said that Flo is taking a minority stake in it. So um, the initial investment is the easy part. It's the long-term investment piece that becomes complicated. And it, it took 10 years for a World Racing Group to kind of get over center on all the investments we were making and continue to make those investments. So there's a lot of investment that needs to be made to continue the growth of the sport, to continue the, the growth of the staffing and the infrastructure and all those pieces to make sure they have the great show. So we're going to continue to learn and make decisions. But uh, today I know more publicly than I knew yesterday. So Again, the more I know, the better decisions I can make. 
Brian, as a, a Sprint Car fan, one of the things that I took away from today's announcement, which, I, again, we all kind of knew, but was the loss of that regional series, the, the All-Star Circuit of Champions, that has was the longest-running Sprint Car Series in the United States up until now. But it served its purpose in Ohio. How does that kind of change the, the landscape of, of what you, you know, the, the Sprint Car world and what you see as, as the support to, to leading up to the World of Outlaws? Yeah, no, the, the uncertainty around that, uh, became very evident when they announced the acquisition when we really didn't know more. Now we know a little bit more, and I think that the, the higher-profile events from the All-Stars will survive, and I don't know what mm-hmm. happens to the rest. So obviously we've—my support of the regional programs and our even our partnership with the All-Stars, you know, it's going to be sad for that to come to a close. And now i got to figure out, okay, what do we—what does the support need? What is it—you know, we've been approached by multiple different entities and, and organizations in that area that's most affected— Try to figure out, okay, now how do we create something that's sustainable and part of the long-term growth strategy of sprint car racing? So, uh, you know, I've alluded to that. We've got, Obviously, the regionals, we've been tracking the regional program uh, information for over almost 15 years now, and uh, it's important to us. So I've got to figure out what that landscape looks like, and if there's something that we can do to help that, we're going to step in there and help. I mean, we have partner tracks with Attica, and we've uh, we've got, uh, you know, we want the cornerstone in each of these pieces with Williams Grove. Uh, it's there's going to be a void and, and mm-hmm. how do we fill it in the right way that that preserves all the things these guys that have been running recently uh have, have wanted to do a lot of family legacies built inside the all-stars a lot of mm-hmm. lot of traditions and you know again i i, I with the uh, chico going away and the relationship i have with john pageant and with that with that johnson before he passed and all that and the legacy in that event it's sad for me to see that go away uh, but we've got a lot of friends in Southern California and in California we're going to be racing with. So we'll make that work. Make the California thing work. Yeah. You did a uh, one of the things and I go back when we first started Wing Nation, you and I sat down and you said, yes, I have to worry about my 12 platinum drivers. But 12 platinum drivers rolling into a racetrack doesn't really matter if there's not the regional tours. And you did a really uh, Lenny Salmons with Area Auto Racing News. I'm a huge uh, subscriber. I love Area Auto Racing News. He had talked to you at Super Dirt Week. And in the balance of this ecosystem, national tour, we talked about the regions, but to have this mid-level tour like the All-Stars have been, a super region, if you will, how important is that? And and, and obviously that's part of your concern with all of this is, is where that goes. Yeah, no, it, I mean, again, it's, it's a it's a foundational piece. You know, the World of Outlaws is at the pinnacle of the awareness and all, and and but you can't grow off of something that if you don't have a firm foundation. So the growth in the in the regions we've been supporting through Cornerstone Racetracks through yeah. Dirt, through Dirt Vision and, and and continuing to increase their awareness so that each of the regions are supported. So, like I said, we're going to have to uh, see how that goes. And we've had All Star races at Volusia since I've owned it. So uh, we've got to figure out. Okay, now what do we what do we do? How do we do this? Uh, what do I need to do to make sure that when we're in the Ohio region or in the in in the all-star-supported regions in the IRA region and, and in the Midwest regions, how do we make sure that that is growing sprint car racing in a way that will benefit us all, including the fans that can, you know, they need to, they want to see sprint cars weekly, locally. And I can't be there every week. So yeah. it's, it's, um, it's important for me. It's important for me and it's important for everybody at World Racing Group. And, you know, if it, it, we've had the gum out series, we've had some regional programs before. Mm-hmm. We've got a really good grasp with racetracks on how to do uh, weekly racing and how to do a regional tour. We have regions already in UMP and dirt car, so it's uh, it's not something that we're uh, we, we're very familiar with how to do it. We just have to figure out the right way to do. It. No doubt.
Brian, when you look at the 2024 season and now you, you know more publicly than you knew yesterday, is there anything that the World of Outlaws does different? I mean, obviously what you have is a great foundation and what you support your platinum team so well and the points fund is awesome. But is there anything that you, you do differently knowing there's another competitive national series? Well, obviously, there's going to be some schedule challenges uh, with the California piece and Skagit mm-hmm. and what happens after the Nationals. But I have the 2024 schedule here in front of me. And, and you know, it's been evolving over the years with COVID changed some stuff. The early swing in California became expensive. We tried the PA swing and rained out everything. <laughs> and so so there's there's it's constantly evolving. So mm-hmm. we're going to continue to do what we think is right for World Racing Group and what's right for the World of Outlaws and all of our fans and our platinum teams and try to figure that that balancing act out. So from us. It's not changing path. It's mm-hmm. it's consistently trying to make things better and and do that in a way that that makes the most sense. And we have another dynamic, so we'll just work around that too. So we'll be we're going to be doing Volusia Dirt Car Nationals, huge event, start off the season. I like having that all of that at uh, Dirt Car Na- at uh, Volusia because we have control of the property and can and really work through all of the nuances yeah. of kicking off a new season with mm-hmm. initially new people and and new teams. And then we're going to stick around a little bit, do bike week, so we'll have a little time off. And then we're going through the South. I mean, it's it's not really going to change a whole lot. Obviously, the you know we go and do the South. We're going to spend some time in Texas and Oklahoma. Do Missouri. Going to go to Iowa early with uh, with Knoxville. And then it's going to gets kind of fun. And in June, we shuffled some things up. Scott Boyd and my partner up in the in the uh, Northwest shuffled some dates for us to allow us Knoxville on Cup Week at Newton. I think that's going to create a spectacular Mm -hmm. piece. Pod Queering and the guys at Houston and Jackson are stepping up again with. uh, a show we're gonna have a a two day two day format with uh uh the high bank it's gonna be great <laughs> Todd, Todd, <laughs> I, I, Todd, Todd and his guys we got cedar lake weekend and one thing we're doing this year we're taking fourth of july off we're taking fourth of july off all the teams said they needed a vacation yeah. and we're all going on vacation now we're not all going together <laughs> but we're all going on vacation july the 4th so i love that so we're gonna take a take a weekend off the guys asked for a little time off and you know what july 4th we told them don't do anything silly with a bunch of big races, and we're going to take the 4th of July weekend off. So It goes spectacular after that between uh, Eldora and Williams Grove stepping up and the Ironman and Nationals and then Dakotas and then Labor Day. Got something big for you guys on Labor Day. So, oh, uh, yeah, boy. It's going to be really good. So Labor Day is going to be really, really good uh, after we spend a little time at the Nationals and Jackson Nationals and our Dakotas weekend. So. Uh, Todd and the guys at Houston's maybe stepping up for a big labor day. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So in that place race is so good. My and gosh. From yeah, there we from there we head to California and we spend a little time, not a lot of time, a little bit of time in California and then make our trek back to a pretty popular little track in Ohio. <laughs> and then a really good friend of ours who's celebrating the you know, at, at uh, Sharon with the Blaney family. They've had a great gosh. so how spectacular is it to see that family mm-hmm. legacy continue to and then well from there it's not hard to see. What happens, Williams Grove, Port Royal, and a couple of the races in the Midwest and back to the World Finals. It's like, it's 2024 is shaping up to be really special. One of the, one of the fascinating projects, and your July 4th weekend strikes me as, as the answer to that. One of the fascinating things, last year at this time when, when you know, High Limits was speculated, 11 races, 12 races, every sprint car team and driver and owner wanted to run every race on the planet. And they lobbied you for, you know, for whatever. And we end up at the number of four extra races. And, of course, that creates its own its own narrative and storyline. And so everybody wanted to race 150 times a night or a year. And everyone wanted to go crazy. And then Jacob Allen decides he's had enough. And he says, I mentally, this is too long and too grueling. And the next thing you know, 
Yeah, Jacob's right. Yeah, Every Jacob's day, right. Every other driver. We had we had uh, Brett Marks took a week off. Danny Dietrich took a week off. Rico. Brian Brown avoided all star shows in the Midwest because he needed to get ready. Rico yeah. talked about it. I can't. And then I'm thinking, how in the wide world of sports, the world of outlaws, how do you balance this? Because you've got tracks, you've got commitments, you've got sponsors, and yet all of a sudden now everyone wants to pump the brakes and have a weekend off. How important was that? How was describe that conversation and those conversations you had? Uh, did you have those conversations with some of your teams? My therapist agreed. <laughs> My therapist agreed. Uh, so no, I mean, awesome. I, I don't, I don't want to bring light to this serious conversation, no, exactly. especially is, with yeah. Jacob and mental health and all. It's it's it, mm-hmm. it, it, I'm bringing light to the fact that damn, we maybe needed a break. You know, when you have 22 good weekends and 20 racetracks on the waiting list, yeah, you're taking a prime weekend off. But you know what? I think we're all going to be better for it. We actually, I, I was communicating with Lauren Albano today about, let's create some more social environment during the season sometimes. So it's like, these are the things that, you know, sometimes you get caught up in a rat race and you end up, you know, it's like, okay, let's step off the wheel for a second and let's take a break and then recharge because people are tired once they get kind of that Knoxville beat. And it's like, you know what, let's, let's recharge a little bit in the middle of the season and see what happens. You know, so I'm, I'm excited for the teams, you know, uh, it's 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 a hard grueling schedule. There's no doubt about it. You could be on that win list and gravel with eighty something is insane at his age, and that's that's it's hard. So if, as we can continue to make it bigger and better, as long as we understand that more necessarily doesn't necessarily mean more in some situations. Yep. More of the other stuff maybe make a little sense. So uh, I'm ex- I'm I'm excited. I think the teams are I, every team's happy about that, and I think the teams may still go back and go home. And race a little something local, which is fine by me if they're back with their families. You know, it's it's that that part's good, um, and I'm 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 good with that. But it's all been all over the board with, oh, yeah. uh, uh, and but to give up Fourth of July weekend and Cedar Lake still running the weekend before that's June 28th and 29th or Cedar Lake weekend, we're just going to take a weekend off and we'll thank Leap Year and we'll. Uh, figure out how to how we work that in next year when it all goes back to cram together. So. Well, yeah, and and uh, we we deal with that with NASCAR with with that little thing called the Olympics, the, yes. the Olympic yeah. break, and it's yeah. just it's fascinating how the calendar and how things in the world kind of dictate that. You have indicated um, California. How important? I, I, I describe why and how important California is to the world of outlaws. Well, have you seen the local talent coming through? I mean, there's yes. a, there's, a, there's a few sprint car racers that are based in California. And on top of that, you bring NOS and Toyota and Federated, which are all have a Southern California base. And then our great race fans in California, uh, there's a lot to be serviced. So balancing all those things in there, I think we're going to have a really solid program. And t- on top of that, you have the legacy team of Dennis Roth based there. Mm, so there's yeah. a lot of things that, you know, his contribution to the sport is immeasurable. I mean, it's really amazing. So there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to do in California that are going to be tied to, to the team and tied to our partners and then tied to our great race fans in California. So we've got some really good things going. We don't have any trouble booking shows in California. It's just getting the traffic right. The traffic <laughs> sucks. I mean, so, but so you just got to get it right. I mean, you can't have a race that starts at 5 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. It just not, doesn't work. So you've got to figure out how to do that. And we're going to figure that out. And we got three weekends there in the middle, and figure out what we can do, and if we're out there the whole time, or if we're out there for a couple of really spectacular. So California, though, young talent, great fans, good sponsors. Heck, why we we're there? Yeah. yeah. You, you talked about the Roth uh, team, the the legacy team. You know, without going into specifics. From your platinum teams, have you felt a lot of support? They're going to stick with you. I mean, I, again, I don't want, need you to give me any details, but do you feel like, hey, we're just going to be, we're going to be fine. We're we going to be just fine. Okay. You know, we, we've, 
uh, already started signing platinum agreements for next year. Awesome. So we've distributed that. We've shared the increase. We're doubling the tow money for teams that were platinum this year and then allowed the new teams to come in in July with the double tow money. So the teams, I think, uh, there's a lot of momentum with the teams. I think they, they, they do understand the dynamics and what we have been doing and growing all this other stuff. Uh, around the racetrack and growing the opportunities, not only at the racetrack for prize money, but for their own brands and the things that they can do to help enhance their own lifestyle uh, away from the racetrack. And I think that those are all, the, the teams see that. We've got an incredible amount of momentum. Um, I, you know, the teams have to do what's best for their business. I can't change that mm -hmm. and give them the best package we can. And I'm really optimistic about how many of our teams are coming back. Awesome. That is cool. Yeah. That is really cool. It's going to be fun to see. The uh, hot button topic, and I referenced it a little bit ago. The you you've granted a four race um, limitation on uh, or, or four races that teams can go. Can can you describe? And and I, I've never been able to describe. I understand the exclusive arrangement because when you go to a World of Outlaw race, you know you're going to see these dozen drivers, these ten drivers, or whatever it is. I get that. And why just describe the rationale why the um, why why you even loosened it up at all or why four you settled on that number? Well, for we uh, it's a difficult again balancing act. If I if I get these guys all running on every Tuesday night, uh, then it's hard to sell a show on Friday and Saturday, particularly the Friday shows. I mean, the Saturday shows are really good. The whole weekend piece is, right, is yeah. a challenge. So then go get a free World of Outlaws show, enhance the driver some things. Uh, it creates a problem that ability to sell. And then you start, then who's there, who's not there. Now you start confusing race fans and you start thinking, okay, now you really have a marketing message problem. So for me, we didn't really, I think we talked about last, we didn't really know the answer on what the number was going to yeah, be. Yeah, we didn't know. And, and now, and I, and we're going to be at four again, we'll do four. Our guys did a great job of carving it up. And I think they won both of the big 50,000 win shows. Uh, so it's, you know, that that's okay. And it's good for the teams, and it's and and it doesn't confuse the race fans much. But uh, we'll leave it at four this year, and we'll continue to learn again, evolve. Uh, actually, the track the, the teams wanted us to think about doing some midweek stuff ourselves uh, with the same sort of format. The problem is, oh. is that that doesn't really work as well at the racetrack. The whole package may work, but at the mm -hmm. racetracks, and we need everybody working for everybody. So uh, we'll continue to watch it. And continue if I need to change that number in the future, up or down, I'll look at it again. But for 2024, it's going to be four, same same exact program as this year. And we'll see if they can't carve that out. And that gives the teams some flexibility. And it allows me to protect the, the platinum teams uh, as much as I can and, and candidly pull all of it together in a package for the racetracks that we're partnered with in a way yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, tough to sell it to a racetrack when the, the Tuesday night before all the drivers are down the road at a different racetrack. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. So we just keep, keep working. And then the, the end result is the fans start to get confused about who's going to be where and all the rest. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's fascinating to me because it, it's fascinating. I mean, this is a big picture thing. And I, I learned this talking with uh, in my days when I was working for a track promoter, the diehard fans are going to be there. The diehard fans and the diehard fans knows that David Gravel's going to do this and David Gravel's going to do that. And David Gravel, the challenge with this thing is, is it's those casual fans that know the world of outlaw brand is coming to town. And the casual fan is ultimately where you fill your grandstand with, and so it's a it's a challenge to to to, to understand it. The the diehard fan says, "Well, I know who's going everywhere. I know who's a high limit driver. I know who's an all star driver. I know." There's a lot of fans 
that just know that I'm going to see the world of outlaws when you're a brand. And so it's a, that's part of the challenge as well. It is. And then when I get that casual fan there, I want them to see on the video board who David Gravel is. Right. That's the face yeah. of the name. There's, here's Sheldon. Here's Donnie. Here's, here's the history of the sport. Here's the pieces. So then casual fan has a chance to get right into, okay, who should I be looking for? Which car should I yeah. want to? It's not just the, 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 the cool blue and orange car or the orange and black right. car. Who are the people in the car, and what's the story that's happening? And and then you get the casual fan beyond that, right? And and you and you give them a reason to come back. I want to go back to continue actually with the the casual fan. I think one thing that you've done an amazing job with, and we've talked about a little bit, is the fan engagement, the the at track experience. When I think back to years ago, the first time I went to Knoxville, and you know you're out in the middle of Knoxville, Iowa, and there's nothing to do all day long. And now you go to Knoxville and there's a million activities, but any race now there's, you know, just here at the, the world finals, there's all the souvenir trailers, all sorts of activation. There's tons of chalets and suites, and it just looks so different than it did 20 years ago. What are some of the things that you want to continue to see for the fan engagement aspect of it? Well, I think you're going to see a lot more of that for the fan in their pot, in their hand when they're sitting in the grandstand. So mm-hmm. as we roll out our mm-hmm. apps and our different pieces and the connectivity continues to grow, a lot of that stuff's going to come on the phone. Uh, obviously we want you to feel like you're part of something special months before you get there. So our, our activation and our journeys, the video engagements, all those pieces we talked about are creating that journey to get the fan to the racetrack. And then at the track, we meet those expectations. You set these high, the high bar of what are you going to be? You're the greatest show on dirt. That has got to be different in today's world. I mean, you saw the motorcycles, NOS leaned in on the motorcycles. Pyro, the, yeah. the different. I mean, there was there's no shortage of pyro. I love the fire bombs, no. but uh, you know, there's no shortage of that. And 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 the fans require that now. Yeah, the fans require that. You you show up and you have two billboards up, and you have a, a you know they want entryways and 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 yeah. beautiful people and all this camaraderie really at the racetrack yeah. and the the show trucks and the cars and just want to in the in the in the, the the environment in the midway with the. All of the people that are important to the drivers, be it mothers or, or wives or daughters, yeah. nieces, all that that's happening in the midway. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Wes has got his own social environment. These, I mean, uh, with his selfie stuff. And that's all part of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, for us moving forward, continue to enhance it. You know, the video boards are a big part of that. You may see an extra video board. I'm hoping to have some more uh, of that in the midway before the show. You know, it, it's in, and, and just working the crowd so that they get to know who we are. And who our drivers are and who our fans are and just getting to know each other. And then they will come back. Yeah, yeah they certainly Absolutely. will. That is for sure. Fun stuff. Is there, uh, talking 410 Sprint Car Racing, I've got a couple other things I want to go to. But is there any other things that we've missed in our conversation as far as uh, where, where we're at? What, what stood out to you this past year or what stands out? I think we've covered a lot of ground as far as that goes. But is there anything that we missed that uh, you uh, want to make sure you jump in here and make sure, make sure all of our fans know? No, I mean, all of our tracks are leaning in. We've got additional increases at Williams Grove for some prize money and different incentives to the drivers. We've got, it's all, it's, it's uh, 2024. I'm excited about it. My team is, our racing group is as strong as it's ever been. Uh, We've got a a great thing going. We've got a good calendar. We're going to start off at a property that I own in Volusia and just hammer down, get after it. So it's, uh, you know, from 410 racing, I'm, I'm tickled to death kind of where we're at. Uh, clearly we've made created some opportunities in the industry that's great that's fine I hone my decision making skills and we'll continue to be the best i can be and we'll have the best group of drivers and i hope the fans uh, continue to enjoy the show as much as i do and uh, uh that part if i keep doing that everything's going to be just 
Absolutely. Outstanding. How are my late model fronts? Everything good in the late model world? Yeah, you know, it, it, a lot of, uh, you know, there's ups and downs in the late model world, too. You know, Steve Francis joined us as series director. Uh, he's a great, great ambassador for yeah. the drivers and representative of the teams and the tracks. He understands the hierarchy and, and the balance act that it takes. So late model guys are good. You know, they're figuring out some of these models that maybe put in place three or four years ago and activated by COVID don't really work after uh, after all this time. Right. But so there's some dis- disruption there. And obviously everything's getting expensive. So we're hearing race, <laughs> race, race teams about that and trying to work with the, the teams that understand the economics available outside of just at the racetrack and those teams get it and they're flourishing. So I'm going to continue to evolve the late, you know, they're all in different, different areas of that cycle. Right, Some sure. of the sprint guard guys are sprint teams, not even just the world of outlaw guys, but uh, you know, the Zeb wise just impacts. These guys have good social followings and these there's, there's commerce to be had. Yeah. Fans love, uh, they've been buying t-shirts for decades and um, engagement and all that stuff. There's, there's just different things that can be done to, to allow the teams to generate commerce. And late model guys are catching on and they, some of the guys are really good at it. And those that are really good at it are starting to see the benefits. And I'm going to keep pushing on that. But from, uh, from having Steve on board, really settled down the pit area quite a bit. The f- events are great. We've still got uh, great uh, partnerships with you know, building up Farmer City with Paradise Classic, with uh, Cedar Lake. We obviously got Dark Car Nationals and World Finals at the end. We're building up uh, the marquee events. So, you know, I'm trying to, the goal is one a month and continue to build that program. So, late mall side, life is good. I didn't know Steve Francis at all. I knew of him. And at PRI last year, I was doing stuff with racing electronics. And Steve was just, I walked over and said, hey, I'd like to get some dirt late model drivers. The next thing you know, it was like a pipeline. <laughs> I mean, Steve... Just and just chatting with him briefly, he had and I mean I knew his history as a racer. Um, it was just it was it was a real pleasure, you know, just kind of coordinating with him. And it was like, okay, I know I'm going to be fine on dirt late models. Now I got to track down some other groups of people, but I knew I had it covered there with him. Um, yeah, you he know, really has motivated our team. Our, we've had a great uh, team on the late model side for a long time. And he really does bridge the gap and motivate the team that we have, and then inter- get them engaged with the fa- the fans and the the teams in a way that's really actually kind of fun to be in the pit area again. Yeah, that's great. That is great. My beloved, I'm from the Northeast, Big Block Modifieds. How are, uh, how's the Super Dirt Car Series? Everything good? Life is good. Super Dirt Week was challenging, but, you know, it was... <laughs> you wouldn't, go, <laughs> it was, you wouldn't you know, go to Syracuse or Oswego without being laps, challenging. 400 laps of racing on Monday afternoon. Let's sign that up. Yeah. I mean, that's that was great. That was lots of fun. But, you know, no, it's it's good. You know, it's it, those cars are going through an evolution of technology that has got the car in a place is like, these cars are fast, and there's guys mm. that have got it. And it's starting to start. Everybody's catching up and all those. So... It's a, you know, the big box put on a hell of a show. You can give them any kind of racetrack and they go racing. I mean, they go hunt down wherever the fastest lane is and they make a second fast lane. So I love the big block races and uh, continuing to grow. That's that's on a nice steady path. You know, there's a couple of guys that are pretty dominant still. Sure. Um, but that's part of the deal. You want to come and see them win or see somebody beat them. I mean, it's all, it's all part of the, part of the evolution. Um, continuing to just kind of on a steady path with that with Super Week obviously being the you know, the pinnacle, uh, there there's, uh, the big block guys are doing fine. It's, it's fun to get to go celebrate with them in a couple of weeks up at their banquet. And, you know, it's, you know, weekly racing up there. We're much more in tune with the weekly racing. It's hard. Weekly racing is hard right now. Yeah. And the big blocks are hard. This expensive class. So just trying to manage through those pieces and make sure that right. everybody's, we're giving everybody we can to be successful. 
when you talk about the weekly racing again, I wanted to, to ask you, when you compare the three series, you know, the, the World of Outlaws go to all these different regions of the country, uh, the sprint cars, and you kind of rely, rely to fill the field with, uh, you know, local drivers, regional drivers. Is, are the late models like that and, and the big blocks, like, how does it work? Are, are all the models as far as car count similar? They're all they're all similar. Everything, you know, we, we went one year and had 20 full-time platinum teams. It wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. Maybe because now you've got four spots, you know, depending on your mindset as a local or a regional guy, it's like, okay, well, that's not that's not high yeah, high probability of getting in the show. And then if you're not in the show, it's an expensive night. I mean, no doubt you know, some of our prize money will be added to the non-qualifiers races for next year. So that'll help th- some of those teams. But 10-12 on both, 14 actually on both uh, this year was uh, – Actually, fifteen on the late models. When you time they count all the rookies in, so it's like yeah. it's that's a hard field. I mean, that's a hard yeah. field, and so the, the 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 late model regional programs, the late model local local at super late model racing, it's hard right now. Yeah. It is expensive. Same same thing. So uh, just trying to continue to give the tracks the resources they need. The unified tire rule that we're able to pull to get together with uh, Hoosier and, and and create this eliminate the thirty some different tires you can have has helped. It allows us to expand our sanctioning and bring some rules down to the to, to places we didn't think we could get to and and provide some support back to the racers from regional programs on the UMP side or the dirt car side. So it's uh, every, and you can't generalize any of them because you have one racetrack that's doing spectacular, another racetrack 100 miles down the road that's not, depending on what's happening in the economy and, and what's happening with a local race environment. And yeah. so you can't generalize weekly racing. Some of the tracks that are that, that get it and have built up uh, a good social following, understand the engagement and promotion in the new world of promotion, not old world promotion, are doing pretty mm-hmm. good. And the other ones are, are are struggling. It's hard. Yeah, the tough business model it really truly is. Final question for you, Brian Carter, Pro Stock driver. <laughs> All right, I saw the car up at the oh, uh, Super Dirt Week, and then uh, a couple of weeks ago here at Charlotte. How's the uh, How's the Pro Stock driving career going? Uh, the pro- car's pretty. <laughs> no no the car's fast the car's fast i have a good time i'm not racing it very well no the car the car is really good you give me a track by myself and and some time to focus on pre- precise driving on a slick track i'm pretty good i got pretty i can get going pretty fast no I, I i got in the car twice this year once in oswego in that and then once in charlotte and this is this is uh, these these cars are harder to drive than people think uh three thousand pound stock car on these this big a tire this hard as a rock yeah. No, but I had a great time. I love the guys I race with. That's what it is it's about for me. Is I, I love the guys that we race with, even though we beat on each other a little more than I'd like. And uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you're gonna race me like that. We're gonna have this back. Um, but <laughs> it's fun for me. That you know, I spent my entire life going to the racetrack with my dad, and my brother, and and for me to have fun at the racetrack is kind of hard now. But I do have fun racing the pro stock. I've never ever. I've never been a good race car driver. I just love having fun, and I uh, I, I like getting uh, in there and and being one of the boys. Sometimes it's it's good. So, that is cool. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, next year, I'm hoping to get you back in the the pro stock uh, racing a few more times. I'm not going to race a whole lot, but got some things to do. Well, it's other other projects, other irons in the fire. You can race it 4th of July weekend. That can be your vacation. I I am going to be someplace (laughs) on the beach baking myself. Sell that to the the family. Yeah, Yeah, sell that to the family. Good luck with that. I'm going to be on a beach somewhere baking myself 4th of July. (laughs) Nice. That is awesome. Brian, hang in there with us. I want to stick around. We've got one more quick set of uh, Wing Nation coming up, so stay with us. Perfection isn't easily achieved. It takes hard work, dedication, and perseverance. 
Through their commitment to excellence, Sage Fruit Company has been supplying customers with the best tree fruit in the Pacific Northwest for over three generations. They work hard on the farm, in the packing facilities, and with their retail partners to provide consistent, high-quality apples and pears all year long. Look for Sage Fruit at your local grocery. Welcome back. It is Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit. We always like to take some time and talk about the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. We do it on a birthday calendar, Aaron. Did you did you forget again? No, I did not forget. Okay. <laughs> I got aggressive last week and I cleaned my office. Oh, and you got rid of the calendar. I have no idea where I put my birthday calendar. Bob Baker. I was like two weeks ago. No, no. Last week I forgot it. Yeah. But like one day last week I'm like, okay, this office is bad. And and our president, Chris Schwartz, is a former Penske guy. Uh, so yeah. you know if you've got a Penske guy around, the, the everything's clear. I went in and I destroyed everything. <laughs> and so this morning I'm like, well, let me get that birthday calendar. <laughs> where it used to be like under six piles of papers. And but you knew where it was. I knew where it was. Yeah. Now, no idea. But it does give us a chance. I talked <laughs> to Bob Baker at the, Hall of, or at the uh, World Finals. Um, and they're doing their 15th annual Sprint Car Sweepstakes uh, giveaways next year. But it's a uh, triple X chassis, Al Parker engines cars. And uh, we encourage you to support the Sprint Car Hall of Fame. Brian, I, I want to keep you on just to talk about this. The, the, the Sprint Car Hall of Fame and the legacy and the heritage that they do, uh, th- that's such a good part for our sport as well. Yeah, no, Bob and the guys are creating an amazing uh, representation of the history and presented in a way that's engaging and just as a, as you, it just brings back so many wonderful memories of racing all across the country for me. So I, I go in there and spend. I can just go in and get lost. Yeah, <laughs> upstairs one day, downstairs the next. I mean, just kind of look, just looking around and seeing things. So it's 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 wonderful. It's a great. We're we're lucky and blessed to have somebody that dedicated, devoted to preserving the history of of what we all love so much. Yeah, no Absolutely. doubt about it. That is for sure. Big weekend coming up of racing. There's still a few more left. The Power Eye Bandit Outlaw Series has a couple of races in Oklahoma, Friday and Saturday at Tri-State Speedway. And uh, Saturday at Painto will go into in Sunday there at Tulsa Speedway. Babs Motor Speedway, uh, Scott Gobeck and the gang going to final uh, do their final showdown, $25,000 to win on Saturday afternoon. So, Aaron, that is um, that's going to be it. Whew. Yikes. It went fast. It Every year we say fast. that, but this year it went by in a flash. Yeah. It does, Brian. It just flies by, doesn't it? It does. It does. I'm showing my age today, too, with the gray. I started my no-shave November a little early. Uh, usually I wait till after the show. I was like, you know what? Let's bring some awareness to cancer on the show. So yeah. I've got friends in the company fighting it. My dad oh, wow. fought it and, yeah. and, and passed away in his in mid-60s. So it's like, let's fight cancer, guys. We got people in my building fighting it. I got parents of people in my building fighting it. So... Uh, no shave November for cancer awareness. Let's go. And it, it, the industry does age me, and that beard's white by the time I get done. <laughs> but uh, no shave November. Uh, so, I, but I uh, decided to start a little early for you guys. Well, <laughs> it's touched our family as well, um, Aaron, um, especially Aaron uh, with. Uh, with uh, Sherry Pollux, uh, one of her best friends on the planet, um, we kind of got we we, we kind of got into into that topic there. Uh, I did one other thing, and I meant to do this one. Talk about the Hall of Fame. How about Ryan Blaney, NASCAR Cup Series champion? That's great. That, nice. I, that family is uh, that's spectacular. It, it it brings joy to my heart to see all that and see the how much of that family is devoted to racing and to see it at the you know at the pinnacle for Ryan. That's spectacular. It's good. It's good for everybody involved with racing. 
Yeah. So not just the family, but for all of us. Yeah. yeah. It's a win for everybody. It's a win for everybody. That's a great yeah, really And we actually had three sprint car racers in the top four, you know, going into the championship yeah, weekend. Exactly. That was pretty neat for our pretty sprint good car stuff. people. I mean, yeah. That's yourself. Yeah. I'm, I couldn't be happier seeing the pipeline down all the way to Millbridge, all the way back yep. up through. Yeah. It's, it's, right about that. We're, we're, we're in for a hell of a future. Dude, those Tuesday night kids at Millbridge. That is insane <laughs> how good some of those kids yeah. are. We are just in great shape. And what I also love is we get every once in a while, we get one of them say, I want to be a world of outlaw driver. You know, some want to be NASCAR, but some want to be World of Outlaws. It's good. I hear more World of Outlaws than I used to. There's a I lot like more. It. That's for sure. Brian, thank you for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for spreading the word. I, I enjoy the show. Thank you guys. Uh, hey, press press on. We'll so, all keep digging. And, and are you going to leave me the the stats? I'll leave some of the stuff for you. Some of the stuff. Some of the stuff. Some of the stuff is my own we personal. Really You're going yeah, to yeah, leave me you know, the schedule. That's our, our, our world seems that knowledge is power. As like this, there's a lot going on in here. So. Yeah, I know. You know it's a wonder. Uh, it's wonderful. Awesome stuff. That is for sure. And that is going to wrap it up for Wing Nation for this season. Um, we've got some things that we're we're just we're really excited about next year. Aaron, you and I've talked about this a little bit. Um, we've we've been so fortunate with the Mav show, with our digital show here, and some other things. But the reality of it is, is that as we go into next year, the Mav show is going to go away. Yeah. And I, uh, it's just times have changed, and the Mav show is going to go away. So Ashley's going to roll into this show a little bit more. She's going to do some co-hosting with it as well, because we're going to do two things next year. We're going to continue this Tuesday show as we do. We are going to develop some other shows where we tell more stories, Mm -hmm. long-term stories, where we sit down in a studio and talk with people um, as they... Charlotte's a great area because we're the intersection of all these highways, and when you look at the number of people, whether they're historic people or present people in sprint car racing... We're just going to invite them in the studio, yeah. and you're going to sit down and talk with some of Maya. And then uh, the folks here have suggested that maybe I need to get out to a few more sprint car races and do some stuff oh, out there. You twisted your arm. So, so we're going to have some fun at the racetrack. So I, I and I shared some of these ideas. I, I talked when we were chatting there with Brian earlier. I talked, um, I talked a little bit and shared some of these ideas over in the pit area at the World Finals. And people are like, "This is going to be fun. We're going to have yeah. a good time." So Wing Nation 2024 will be here before we know it. We'll start somewhere around the first of February. But storytelling, telling the story of sprint car racing is what we do. And we are so fortunate to be able to do that. And we do that under the leadership of Chris Schwartz, Frank Beers, um, Ryan Horn, and Craig Moore here at MRN and all diehard advocates of sprint car racing. Um, The voice of NASCAR covering sprint car racing. I still marvel to say that. And we are grateful for our leadership. We're also grateful for our sponsorship, Sage Fruit. Chuck Sinks with Sage Fruit. Spent some time with him at Phoenix. Uh, Man, just what a rock star. Mm -hmm. Uh, He and and all of his growers and everyone are out there. Sprint Car Hall of Fame, Hefter Racing Products, part of our partners. We thank all of the tracks, all of the drivers, all of the owners, all of the teams, all of the friends, all of the crew guys. (laughs) Um, You guys just really help us tell the story of sprint car racing. And we do appreciate when Craiger calls them up, everyone comes on the show and wants to talk to us. And we're grateful for that. But more important than all of that, Thank you, Sprint Car fans. Uh, We just love our Sprint Car fans, and we love your passion for Sprint Car racing. So thank you, thank you, thank you to Sprint Car fans. You can get some Sprint Car gear for the holidays at ShopWingNation.com. We can say it now. We can say it now. ShopWingNation.com. This week on our Mav TV and Rev TV show, Ashley Strummy, Aaron, and I are just going to recap the season and have a really, really good, fun conversation on there. You can catch that Wednesday night at Rev and on Friday afternoon on Mav TV. So, on behalf of all of us here at Wing Nation, we're again grateful for Brian Carter for joining us. But more important than all of that, thank you for joining us here this time and this season on Wing Nation, presented by Sage Fruit.
Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shins that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Napa.